What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and here with me, as usual, is my co-host, Curtis. I want to make sure you guys know that you can follow us on Twitter, at Glory underscore UGA. We love to interact with all of you out there in the social media sphere. So hit us up with any questions or comments you have on Georgia football, baseball, basketball, whatever it is that is on your mind. I also want to make sure that everyone knows where to find us out there on the various podcasting platforms that we are on. You can, of course, find us on dogsportsradio.com, part of the larger V-Sport-O internet radio network. You can download the Dog Sports Radio app straight to your smartphone. That makes everything a little bit easier for you guys. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes and SoundCloud if that is a little bit more your speed. And you can find us on the Stitcher and TuneIn apps as well. If you get a chance, we would sincerely appreciate it if you would give us a rating and review on whatever platform it is that you prefer to listen to us on. We really appreciate everyone who has taken time out of your day to already do that. Uh, I've got a, a number of reviews out there. We really appreciate that. And it helps us, guys. It really does help us as we continue to try to grow the show and bring you guys all the content that we possibly can. But enough with all that, let's go ahead and get into today's show. And the college baseball season now, I guess the college baseball regular season now officially in the bag. Today on the show, we're going to talk some Georgia baseball and preview what the Diamond Dogs have ahead of them in the postseason, which for us will start Wednesday. Uh, We know most of you out there are like us. I mean, let's be real. We're football fans first and foremost. But Scott Strickland and company have absolutely put together a fantastic season and are really set up to potentially make a run to the College World Series in Omaha. And uh, well, that remains to be seen whether we're going to make it there. But we, we're, we're in a good position to potentially make a run to the College World Series. So with that being the case, we kind of feel like they deserve some love here today on the show. But if you are looking for football talk, don't worry, guys. Uh, we are deep into our summer film watching, and we will have a ton of football content for you guys all summer long. But for today, it's college baseball. Uh, now, Kurt, I've talked a little baseball during the regular season on those uh, rare days where I had to record solo because we couldn't just we couldn't just quite make our schedules work. But we haven't really heard from you on the subject, and I know you're a big baseball fan. And with the postseason set to begin this week, figure now is as good a time as any to kind of get your take on what we have ahead of us here entering the postseason. Now, this is a team that just finished regular season 37 and 17. If you guys haven't been keeping up. Tied for the second best record uh, in the SEC at 18 and 12, which is, I mean, the SEC guys. If you watch college baseball week in and week out, it's hands down the best conference in America. I think it was seven teams ranked in the top 25 this week. Uh, we swept the season, the season series from Clemson uh, as well, who's also a top 10 out of conference team this year. Swept Tech for the second straight season. I think if I, if I remember correctly, if the top of my head, Scott Strickland I think is 10 and four maybe against Tech in his career. Uh, so right now we're sitting pretty with a number three RPI ranking, and RPI is huge in college baseball when it comes to the selection committee uh, picking the top 64 teams. We lost to the number three seed um, and a first-round bye into the double elimination portion of the SEC tournament in Hoover this week, starting on Wednesday for us. And we just wrapped up a series victory over number three Arkansas at home. We completely blew the game on Thursday night. We absolutely had that one, but we came back in one games two and three. Had to sit through a pretty lengthy weather delay on Friday, but the guys came back and did the job. Uh, one guy that really impressed me uh, again uh, for the what, third straight week in a row here, and that, that's Kevin Smith. He just named SEC Pitcher of the Week through, after throwing seven innings of two-run ball against the best lineup in the league in Arkansas. That's definitely the best lineup in the league. If you look at batting average, they're hitting over 300 as a team. 
Uh, he had 11 strikeouts on Sunday. Was the number one? He is, actually was the number one starter entering the season. But after our nightmare swing through Charleston, he was sent to the pen, kind of demoted there. Handled it really well, like a champ. Uh, and the crazy thing is, he actually leads the team in strikeouts right now after being in the bullpen for the majority of the season. He's come back and been the starting lineup, replacing freshman Ryan Webb over the last three starts. And since returning the rotation as a, as our Sunday starter. He has a 1.86 ERA, gone into the seventh inning twice with 20 strikeouts and nine walks, compared to Emerson Hancock, who's been our Saturday starter, basically our number two starter as a true freshman all season long. Uh, over the last two starts, Hancock has an ERA of 15.63 with six strikeouts and six walks. So, Curtis, my first question here for today, just kind of going off what we saw last week, with the way Kevin Smith is pitching right now, now, he's, now that he's returned into the starting lineup, and what we've seen from Emerson Hancock. Over the last two starts. Now, granted, Florida and Arkansas are two really good lineups, probably two of the best in the SEC. Should we consider potentially swapping Kevin Smith and Emerson Hancock heading into the postseason? Um, you could consider it. I think Hancock, the biggest uh, thing I've seen out of him the last two starts is uh, his breaking ball is just not there. Um, he, you know, he has more, he's, you know, he can throw usually pretty hard. And I think the breaking ball is what kept people off balance, allowed him to just you know, overpower a lot of people, and he hasn't been able to do it. But I think the one thing that you have to think about is, all right, so you have Kevin Smith, who's an upperclassman, I believe. He's a junior, um, yeah. So the thing is, do you really want the possibility to come down to a game three, decide, you know, deciding game three winner-take-all with a freshman like that pitching? I mean, that's a tough question. I mean, that's if you get to that point, you might not get to that point. You well, get, because you've got to get to a game okay, three first. Say, say you lose game one with Atkins, especially if it's the best of three series. You lose game one. Okay, yeah, Atkins is not overpowering number one starter. No. but if, right, So you lose game one. Then you probably do bump up Kevin Smith because you have to have the mentality of we have to win this game. you got to win. Win or go home to the double elimination, right? But if you win the first one, the possibility does arise where you can still pitch Hancock second and go with Smith third in case it gets to that situation where you're going with your, you, you know, an upperclassman who you can handle the pressure in this situation. That's an interesting way to look at it. A guy who actually, I mean, he's been through the ringer this year. I mean, he comes in as the number one starter to start the season, gets demoted to the pin, not even just like to the number two or number three starter spot, straight to the bullpen. Uh, handled it really well, like a leader you would like, like you would expect an upperclassman leader to handle it. And now he's kind of earned that job back. And he's pitched lights out, reigning SEC pitcher of the week. Since coming back, I mean that's that's a really interesting way to look at it. I don't, I don't think I really I can't really argue with that. I don't really have much of an issue with that. I guess the only thing I would say against that is, do you want to wait to the day before the game where you tell Hancock or Smith are pitching? I mean, for starters, you don't want them to kind of get their mind right a little bit quicker than that. I mean, you could, but you know, sacrifices and things have to be made, especially in you know these situations. The quick turnarounds, yeah, the quick turnarounds in those series. Yeah, I mean. I get your point. I mean, that's, that's really an interesting way to look at this. And I, I don't really have too much of an issue with that other than that maybe you just want to get these guys kind of get their mindset right heading into it. But I think if you look at it right now, it's hard to argue that Smith is – he's pitching better than Hancock right now, right? Yeah, no question. There's no question. I mean, this guy is pitching lights out. Now, we'll see if it carries over the postseason. I don't see any reason why it would not. Do you think Hancock is maybe kind of hitting that freshman wall late in the season here? Is that a possibility? He very well could. I just know that his arm's know, getting tired a little bit. In the Arkansas games, his velo is down, and like I said, the last two games, he, his off speed has just been—it's—it's it's just floating. It's not breaking. Yeah, you're right. And that's really what's made him so effective all year. For a true freshman, Hancock. I mean, you and I have talked about this off the air a little bit. We we both believe that Hancock has the potential to be that true dominant number one starter for us down the road, maybe a year or two. Um, he's not that guy right now, but he's got the stuff to do when that breaking ball is actually breaking and actually moving, and then he can keep him off balance with a fastball. 
and he can he can strike out a lot of batters with, with that stuff. It just and it's been it's been soft for him throughout most of the year, but the past couple of weeks it's certainly it's it's kind of escaped him, and he's certainly losing a little bit over here, as evidenced by a fifteen point six three RA. And he got taken, I think, in the second inning. He got one out in the second. I think but inning in that in a third against Arkansas, and he only gave up three runs, but. You know, we were in a situation where we wanted to try to get that national seed. We could not afford to get up, give up, get down any more than that, and took him out early in that game. Uh, fortunately, our bullpen was able to kind of keep us into that one, and we were able to pull it out there in game two on Friday night against Arkansas. But I think it's just something to think about. I mean, I, I, I totally see what you're saying there and why you might want to keep Hancock. And also, Hancock, is this a guy that we're going to need him in some shape or fashion? Like, we're going to need him, right? Whether it's the number two, number three starter. Do we want to potentially mess with his confidence by demoting him this late in the season to the number three spot? I mean, see, that could play in a factor. I mean, let's be honest with me. For most of the season, Hancock was actually our most dominant pitcher. Oh, yeah, he's been our best pitcher through most of the year. Yeah, absolutely. It's just he's kind of fallen off here a little bit. I think he's. I think there's an argument to be made that he's kind of hit a little bit of a freshman wall here. Uh, but I just don't know. You know, Pitchers are, you know, they can be head cases at times. And if it gets into your head that, hey, the coach doesn't trust you right now, I'm, I'm, you know, my stuff's, I'm losing my stuff right now. Like, if you get demoted there, that certainly could have some repercussions for him. And we're we're gonna need him, so I, I could see you know, potentially leaving there in that role. But right now, I'm just I'm really excited that Kevin Smith is pitching as well as he is because right now he's given us a chance to win every time we're going out against the best competition. I mean, he was the guy that we won one out of three against four. Should have taken two or three against Florida. We blew that that Friday night game, but he was the guy that was dominant in that Sunday start against Florida, and uh, we were able to escape at least salvage one win in Gainesville there and keep ourselves in position to to win the series against Arkansas and still. Be in line, hopefully, for a national seat. And before we move on, one last thing I would mention here regarding the rotation as it pertains particularly to the SEC tournament is that Kevin Smith, as well as he's been pitching, and he's been pitching lights out over the last three weeks, he pitched on Saturday against Arkansas. If we were to move him up in the rotation for the SEC tournament ahead of Emerson Hancock, he would be pitching on Thursday, which would give him four days rest. And that's not necessarily a huge deal, but still, that's not near as much rest as he's used to getting. Now, that's also assuming that we use Chase Atkins in Game 1 on Wednesday against the winner of Tuesday's Vanderbilt versus Texas A&M game. And we don't know exactly if he is going to be pitching at this point uh, on, on Wednesday. We, don't know, we really don't know what, what uh, Strickland has up his sleeve with the rotation at this point. So I'm not saying Strickland would not use uh, Smith on Thursday if he felt like we needed to, but... It would be a little bit of short rest, and it's something I think it does bear mentioning here, regardless of how well he's been pitching of late. Now, when we get into the regional, it won't really matter because we have, we'll have pretty much a full week off before that begins. Uh, but let's get, kind of look at the bigger picture for this season. Now, I've talked about this a little bit on the show. You haven't had a chance to address this, so I'm going to give you a chance to kind of t- take the floor here and give me your take on, if you look at this team, you know, go back the first five years of Scott Strickland's tenure, or sorry, the first four years of Scott Strickland's tenure. Go 26 and 29, 26, 28, 27, 30, 25 and 32. And now we sit here in year five at 37 and 17. A lot of people were calling for his head, including you and I. We were not thrilled with what how, how this program was or the direction the program was heading in after the first four years of Scott Strickland's tenure. Uh, but Greg McGarity, to his credit, stuck with him, and he was rewarded with a 37-17 regular season here with a number three seed in the SEC tournament. Kurt, just a very simple question. How do you account for the that dramatic of a turnaround in one season after the, the very average, I would say below average, first four years under Scott Strickland? Well, I think it's 
simple as, I mean, you look at us last year, you know, we came on at the end of the season, we were winning some series at the, you know, last year at the end of the I think year. The last and four series in one, right? In the SEC? Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is, you know, when we looked at our team last year, we had four freshmen in the starting lineup. We were young. We were really young. Uh, I mean, you had uh, uh, Shepard, uh, Shunk, and then Maxwell and uh, Bradley, all freshmen starting for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, Curry was a sophomore. You SEC, you're not going to be successful when you have to rely on four starting freshmen. Yeah, that's, especially in a league as just powerful as the SEC is in baseball. I mean, for those of you who don't follow the SEC in baseball, or just don't follow college baseball in general, as good as the SEC is in football, is it a stretch to say the SEC might be better in baseball? Um, it, it's more uh, rounded. I, I, yeah, I think it's not as top heavy. I think more it's balanced. just deeper. Yeah, I think it's deeper and more balanced. Absolutely. Uh, if you look right now, you, I think we've got four teams in the top ten. The RPI. You got us. I mean, Florida's number one. We're number three. Let's we'll say Ole Miss is four or five. Arkansas after losing two or three, us and they dropped like number nine or ten. But you got four elite teams there, and you got a bunch of other good teams mixed in there as well. South Carolina's been really good. Uh, over the past, you know, five six years, they've kind of come on late after a rough start this year. Vanderbilt's always perennially good. Uh, Mississippi State's having kind of a down year, but they're usually good. LSU's actually having a down year this year, but they're still right there in the thick of, of things and potentially making it to the NCAA tournament. But I think for me, and I've talked about this a little bit, but just kind of recap this for those who haven't heard it. I just think we got better at everything. You know, like just we were a little bit better at everything. I think a lot of that, like you said, has to do that we get we're a year older for the most part. We're not as young as we were. Really, the only freshman we have playing significant. Uh, time for us is, I mean, he's a redshirt freshman, it's Mason Meadows behind the behind the plate, a catcher. Uh, but, like, we're hitting better, we're hitting for more power, uh, we're hitting, we've, so far this, in this to this point in the year, we've hit 54 homers compared to 40 last year, uh, we've scored 343 runs compared to 257 last year, this is the first time since 2009, almost a decade, the first time since 2009 that we've had two or more guys with 10 plus homers right now, we've got Keegan McGovern, I think he's fifth in the conference with 15 homers, and Curry, just uh, hit a couple against Arkansas, and he's sitting there at 10. We've got one more, Adam Sasser, who had three home runs in one game against Missouri a couple weeks back, was the national player of the week. But he's just one away at nine. Uh, so we're much better at the plate. Our pitching has improved dramatically. We brought Sean Kenny in as our pitching coach, made a move there, which I think has been key for us. Last year, we had a 5.02 team ERA. Right now, we're sitting at 3.71. Uh, opponent batting average has dropped from 260 last year to 229 this year, so we're much better on the mound, and then in the field, we're better. Last year, we made 82 errors, man, 82 errors. Right now, at this point in the season, and in the postseason, we've only made 42, almost cut that number in half. So just everywhere you look, we're better. Now, we're not a dominant team in any one of those categories. If you look at the SEC statistics, uh, we're not in the we're not tops on anything. Like We're number five in batting average. Uh, we're number nine in slugging percentage. We're number nine in on-base percentage, number six in runs scored. Uh, then if you look at the pitching side of things, our ERA is number five. Opposing bad average, you're pretty solid. They're number two. Uh, uh, strikeouts, we're sitting there at number 10. So we're not like dominant in any one particular category. We're just good all around. And we've made improvements in every facet of the game. And to make all those improvements in every facet in one year, it's pretty impressive. I can't really account for how it happened other than saying, like you said, a guy just got a year older. But it's pretty impressive as he has improved in pretty much every aspect of the game. Uh, and we were sitting in very good shape for a super regional. And if you guys don't know how this works, basically you have the regionals, uh, which is you got four teams in a regional. There's 16 regionals. The team that wins the regional goes on the super regional. Uh, there's eight host sites to the super regional. Uh, so the top eight teams 
if you win your regional, you get to host a Super Regional. So we were sitting in very good shape for hosting a Super Regional, entering the last two weekends. But, of course, we had two of the best teams in the SEC uh, in Florida and Arkansas at Florida and hosted Arkansas this past, week, past weekend. We went 3-3 three and three in those two series, Kurt. So with that, with how we ended the season there against those two elite teams, should we feel confident going 3-3 three and three against Florida and Arkansas that we will host a Super Regional regardless of what happens in the SEC tourney if we get out of the regional? Um, I do think so. I think the, we were sitting at position before, and I think... Um, baseball the, America, I think Baseball America and D1 Baseball both had us coming into this weekend projected as the seven seed. And you go, you take, take, take a series from Arkansas, that's not going to hurt us, right? Exactly. I think that's the biggest thing. I think if we had lost a series against Arkansas, it may have put us on the borderline, but I think winning the series may have... It's just, you know, the most fresh thing in everyone's mind. Look, I think if you look at our, I mean, in RPI in college baseball, it's big in basketball, but in college basketball, RPI is a, our college baseball. It's a very big deal in terms of seeding the the NCAA tournament, the top sixty four teams. They really rely on that. Uh, when we've been in one of the top RPI teams all year long, right now after beating Arkansas, going three three against Florida and Arkansas, we're sitting at number three. Actually, moved moved up a spot from number four to number three. I think that we should feel pretty good about it, uh, regardless of what happens in the SEC tournament. I will say also though. Like, I would feel much better. Like, if we win a game or two, I think it's almost a lock, right? Like, if we win a game or two in the SEC tournament, it's a lock. Now, if we I lose, see. if we lose on Wednesday in our first game uh, and they get in the loser's bracket, I, I don't know. Like, it just depends on what other teams do. That's that really is what it's going to come down to. Like, does Texas Tech sing at number five right now in the RPI? If Do they win their conference tournament? they make a deep run in their conference tournament? Uh, Clemson sing at number 11. Florida State sing number 10 in their RPI. Do those teams make deep runs? Because those are the teams that are kind of like right behind us uh, in the pecking order in terms of hosting a, a Super Regional, getting that national seed, which is one of those top eight seeds. So if we lose early, like on Wednesday in that loser's bracket, and those teams play really well, because what we do doesn't happen in a vacuum, then we could potentially be in trouble there and and lose out on that national seed. But I think if we win a game or two, it's pretty much locked in. So hopefully we just knock out. It's probably, I think it's Vanderbilt or Texas A&M in that first round game. I feel pretty good if we win that game on Wednesday. Now the big question here, Kerr, I think this is the thing that a lot of people will be most interested in hearing is, this team has had a great year. There's no doubt about it. The regular season was fantastic. A huge turnaround, 37-17, uh, 18-12 in the SEC. But, as good as this team is, as high as our RPI has been all season long, is this team equipped to truly make a run to Omaha? Um, I think we are, but the, the biggest question mark to me is the consistency in the bullpen. Um, you know, sometimes they're lights out, and sometimes you know they've cost us games. I mean, I mean, right off the top of my head, you know, you and I are talking about it. We, you know, the bullpen themselves cost us the Kentucky and the Florida series. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Well, if you go back and look at the ones that they've blown. Now, the bullpen has been hot and cold. Like They've had games where they've been really good and kept us in games, and the starting pitchers just didn't have it when we had to go to them early. Uh, they, they, and they did a great job in some of those uh, midweek non-conference games. That's Clemson and Georgia Tech. Cause, but basically, those guys are starting those games and kind of carrying through. Uh, so they, they've, been, they've been really good at times. But then there's been a couple of games where they just absolutely have blown late leads for us. Bama, our very first series of the, of the, of the conference slate and our first game of the conference slate, uh, we had a five, we had a huge lead against Bama late in the game. Bama puts up five runs in the seventh inning against our bullpen, and they win that game. Now we still win that series, but we could have swept them right there. Kentucky, they have a three-run ninth in the first game of that series. Bullpen blows that one. Florida, we have a late lead. It was a one-run lead late in that game. Uh, we, they, bullpen comes in, blows that game, and we end up losing extra innings. And then Arkansas on uh, Thursday night in the first game of that series. Now we end up winning that series, which is great, but we could have swept Arkansas. Uh, they had a six-run seventh inning in game one of that series, 
which without that, they, they don't win that game. Uh, I think we end up losing that game 8-6. So yeah, there's a couple of games right there where they have absolutely blown those games. And, and that happens. But I will say, like, I, I, now my, you guys know, if you listen to the show, I suck at math. I try to do this math myself, so forgive me if it's wrong. But if you look at those, I think those are the only like real blown saves. Like, you know, late leads that we had, they've blown. And that, so that's four out of 30 games, right, in the SEC. So that means, if I did my math correctly, that's 87% of the time that our bullpens come in, they've been able to hold those late leads. That's a pretty good percentage, right? It is. I think the biggest thing, though, is also the teams that they've blown it against are the type of teams you'll see in a Super Regional. Yeah. If you, exactly. You look at Florida and Arkansas. Like those teams, those teams get hit. Uh, and our bullpen, yeah, absolutely. Like our bullpen. Do you? Who do you have the most faith in back there? Oof, um, that's. I mean, you guys, you guys say Shunk, right? Who's our Who's our yeah, third baseman slash closer? Yeah, he's, he's only had one blown save. Yeah, and it was like, what? Which game was? Was it the game Kentucky. against Florida? Was it the game against Florida where we didn't bring him in, in the ninth inning? Yeah, he blew it with the Kentucky game. Yeah, he blew the Kentucky game. I think it was the game against Florida, that first game that we blew there. We we brought him in to get the last out in the ninth, but he didn't come in to close it out to start the ninth, which I didn't quite understand what uh per, not not per well per what Strickland was thinking there. I mean, I'm sure he had his reasons, but I uh, I'm not exactly sure what they were at that point. But Shunk's been solid all year. I mean, he's he's our starting third baseman. By the way, as a hitter, he's got 22 game history, the longest streak in the current streak in the SEC right now, carrying into the postseason. So I feel good about him back there as as our closer. But who else do you look at there? You say, you know what? When he comes in, I think this guy can hold down whatever line of this will face. Even if it's a Florida, even if it's an Arkansas, if it's an Ole Miss. There's no one person. I mean, there's guy. I mean, there's times where Chris Fat comes in, he's untouchable. There's times where Losey comes in, he's untouchable. But then there's times where they can't get anyone. When out. Chris Fat's curve is when he's got that twelve six curve really working, like he did against Tech that, that in that last game uh, at SunTrust Stadium, he's tough to hit. You know, when he comes in, he's spitting fire like that. But you're right. There's time. There, he's up and down sometimes. I mean, he's you're racing at three seven two right now. He's three and two in the year. But he's been a horse force back there. He's really been a horse force. And Losey's another guy. I mean, like when Losey's on, hey, Losey's tough to hit. And he's a big dude. Um, he's actually from the same high school that Jake Fromm went to. But his ERA right now is at four point one seven. Like, there's times where if he's not getting, he's another guy. If, you, if he's not getting any movement and not throwing his stri- his off speed stuff for strikes, and they can just sit on the fastball, like he throws hard, but they can sit on it, they, they'll kill him. And that happens from time to time. But you know, so I, I feel good with Shung. I think Chris Fack most of the time. Losey at times, I, I like what he does. Now that Ryan Webb has moved from the starting rotation to the number three starter in the bullpen, how do you feel about him back there? Um, he's a hit or miss. There's been times where he's coming. Though I think his biggest problem is throwing strikes on a consistent basis. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of taken over. Basically, what he kind of swapped with Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith, when he was sent to the bullpen, is basically like that first guy out of the bullpen. Like when the starter comes out, let's say starter pitches, you know, five and two thirds inning. Then you bring uh, he's kind of that that uh, that middle innings type guy, that kind of bridge guy, where you can say, okay, I'm gonna throw you out here for two, two and a half innings here, two and a third innings or whatever to kind of get to our eighth and ninth inning guys. And Webb has kind of been that guy for us lately now that we've put Smith back in the starting lineup. He's pitched pretty well in the bullpen. Um, solid. I wouldn't say spectacular. His his control has been offish at times. But, I mean, if you're looking at what we're going to do in the postseason, all things you know, being equal, those are the guys we're going to go with, right? I mean, we're, we're going to go we're going to go with Webb probably. Uh, if we get if we need somebody in the fifth or sixth inning, then you're going to look at Christofak and Losey and then Shunk hopefully to close it down. Uh, and I mean, we have got a couple other guys that that have made some appearances, but look, if, if we're if we're facing a big time, big time team like Florida in the SEC tournament, or we get into the regional, super regional, those are the guys in the pin that we're going to be relying on. We're going to need them to have their best stuff, and they have for a majority of the year. 
But there's just been moments in time where they haven't had it, which is, I guess, the case for any bullpen, and they've blown a couple of games. But I think that is the one thing you really have to watch out for. One more thing that I would mention here, and tell me if you disagree with me. I, I, I think Kevin Smith has been really good for us lately, and I think he's probably our best pitcher right now uh, of the start of the three starters with Chase Adkins, Emerson Hancock, and then, of course, Smith. But do you feel like we have a dominant starter who, like, we feel like every time we throw him out there that we can chalk that up as a win? No, we don't. And that, to me, is a concern. Because when you get in these best-of-three, like, series, like if you get into a Super Regional, you need to win game one. Like, you need to have a game where you say, we're going to win this baseball game. Like, Florida has, with Brady Singer, Florida has that guy. With Casey Mize, Auburn has that guy. We don't have that guy. Chase Atkins has been very solid for us. He's been a really good, solid number one starter. Puts us in a position to win every single game. But he's not a dominant ace. He's not that type of guy. Uh, and when you and now you can get a bye within the put in the regular season. You know, if he gives you a start where he gives up three, four runs, you can you can overcome that if your bullpen's solid throughout the season, which ours really kind of has been with a few with a few exceptions there. But when you get into postseason play, does that not concern you somewhat? It does. I mean, it, it's definitely something that's concerning me. Uh, if we have one of those games, let's say we have a game where Chase Atkins goes out there in the first game against the Florida, and he gives up five or six runs. Do you feel like we have the lineup right now to make up for that and come back and win one of those shootout-type games? Uh, you know, I do think our lineup's better once we've made the switch from C.J. Smith uh, instead of Tucker Maxwell. And uh, the one thing is we got to get Bradley. Maxwell was killing us. Maxwell was yeah, killing Maxwell. us. Sitting in the nine hole, he was killing us. Yeah. But nope. we got to get Bradley healthy. We need to get Bradley healthy because right now basically what we've had is we, we put – C.J. Smith at the leadoff spot with with uh, with Bradley out, and you got Mitchell Webb kind of playing in that spot where Maxwell was playing. But I mean, if you look at the lineup, we got what four guys hitting over five, over three hundred, over five hundred, over three hundred. Keegan McGovern leading the team right now with three thirty average. Curry as a as a junior hit, as junior DH hitting three twenty seven. Sasser has really come on lately three twenty one. Uh, all those guys that were forty RBIs. Aaron Shunk is not a guy that hits for a ton of power. He's only got three home runs on the year, but hitting that two spot, he gets on base a lot. Uh, he's hitting 315, draws a good number of walks. Uh, so I, I like what we have there. I think, I think Shepard's getting a little bit better, too. Shepard's coming on a little bit. He had, he had a home run uh, this past week, which which was big to see from him. Because this is a guy that was really good for us as a true freshman. I mean, he's a freshman All-American last year. And has really kind of fallen off in his sophomore. He's kind of a sophomore slumping. He's only hitting 253 on the year. But you're right, he has been hitting better. He's up to four home runs, 34 RBIs. And if he can kind of carry that into the postseason – and I feel pretty good. And I, I really have to say, again, I, I'm very pleased with Strickland making that move, getting Maxwell in the lineup. I mean, not to, not to beat on the guy too hard here, but he just had a rough year. I mean, he was sitting under 200 for a lot of the year. He's sitting, at two, he's sitting 223 right now with 112 at-bats. Uh, and you got C.J. Smith, who we've kind of inserted in the lineup there. And he, he's, got a little, he's got some speed. There's not much of a speed loss there with Smith and Maxwell. Some of the players there. And, Max, and C.J. Smith, although he's only got 65 at bats, is hitting 323. He's, he's another guy, kind of like Shunk, who's who's also a guy that can throw out of the pin as well. But he's been starting for us lately. Uh, look, I, I like our lineup. I really, if we can get Bradley back in that leadoff spot, he's got he's been hitting over 300 for most of the year, but he's dropped just a shade under there lately. He's been nursing the hand injury, sitting 293 right now. But then, basically two through five, I feel really good about what we've got. Uh, it's just a matter of, if, honestly, if we can hold teams to about anywhere between three to five runs, I feel pretty solid about what we've got in the lineup there. It just depends on what their starters can, can put together 
these solid games against some of the elite competition we're going to be facing the SEC tournament and once we get into the NCAA tournament as well. But I guess go back to the answer to the question. I think, yeah, I think absolutely we can make a run to Omaha. A big part of this is, again, like I said earlier, nothing happens in a vacuum. A big part of this is going to be who we get. You know, do we actually get to host Super Regional? Who ends up in our regional? Uh, do we get one of those national seeds? If we get a national seed, is it going to be like the number eight national seed or we end up like the number six or number five national seed, depending on what we do in the SEC tournament? Because that would impact who we get in our, in our regional. If you win the regional, then you get set up with a nice Super Regional, and then we could make a run. It's just if we get one of those – if we if we get set up with some of those teams that have a true dominant ace number one starter in the regional, Super Regional – then we could we could be in trouble. If you lose that first game, it's it's tough. It's very tough. But I think that we have the guys that could potentially make a run. It's just going to depend all on matchups, like it almost always does in every sport, regardless of what we're talking about. All right, guys. Well, that does it for us here today on the Glory UJ Podcast. A little curveball with you guys today, but we definitely wanted to get a little baseball talk in here before we entered the postseason. Uh, we'll be back later this week with some football talk, and we'll have that for you guys all summer long. Just a brief little baseball interlude here for some of you guys who are interested. We know there's a, there's more than the, more than a few of you out there. We've had a, quite a few hit us up on social media, so we want to throw you guys a bone there and, and throw this baseball team some love. So for Curtis, I'm Tyler. Thanks for listening, and as always, go dogs.